wants to jump. 1,000 cars. Sir, you have a 1,000 cars. I don't think I'd attempt to try this stunt. Or we, we owe this horsepower to Uncle Sam. <laughs> Too many cars. Car. You know, roses would be... Uh... Like, I put my beer belly on it. Yeah. And you can't immediately tell somebody how many cars you have. You'll really give those uppity yuppies something to think about. Stay on the bar. Don't go yeah. off the bar with your Bronco. 1980 Volvo horns, what's right? Like, me, me. Yeah, the man's coolant. <laughs> and he's like, oh, I thought it'd be small. It's for a small car. And I'm like, yeah, but it's, it's still an automatic transmission. They're never going to be light. It's definitely going to have to crash. Starting off with Brad buying another car. That's the West. <laughs> Internet. You know, is this a Nigerian oil print? Uh, I also wish you drove a tan Camry. Anyways, anyway, that, that's har- a horrible, very horrible podcast content. Very inside joke. Happy New Year. Welcome back to Auto Off Topic. What's going on, Brad? Good. Well, also Happy New Year, Andrew. How are you? I'm good. First episode of 2023. Excellent. And we resolve to make it not our last. Yeah, I think we're... I see us making at least one more episode. Yeah, I figure that's an easy easy New Year's resolution to not not break, right? Yeah. I don't, I don't want to set the bar too high. I don't want to be like, oh, yeah, this year in the new year, we're going to start recording live video feeds of the podcast. So no, no, it's just we're going to continue to do it. Resolution. I think because we're week to week, it's easier to do it. <laughs> we're week to week as in we have no contract because I haven't made you sign a contract or vice versa. Right. <laughs> is that like being employed without or what? what is it? Uh, employee at will where podcasters at will yes exactly perfect well nonetheless i think that uh we're going to continue to do podcasts in 2023 i'm excited i know that we have lots of plans of grandeur as we do every year and uh, we just need to execute some stuff this year and i think it's going to be good so welcome to 2023 different than 2022 by one year but the rest the same are there any actual automotive Resolutions that you've made yourself or any resolutions that you feel we should be uh, talking about? It was really, and this was discussed on our discord. You can go uh, join that by asking us for the link, just DMing us and we'll give you the link because if you are listening, you are invited. 100%. And we just had another person join up just before recording tonight. Yep. Uh, So yeah, you can, um, I think it was actually Brad Brownell asked a bunch of people the other day what New Year's resolutions they had for car stuff, which we've, we've done in the past in the show. And uh, again, I just said, like, drive my stuff some more, like use it. I haven't used my sure. some of my cars. Yeah, that's a pretty good resolution. Make sure you yeah. use what you have. That's why we have them to drive them, right? Exactly. Well, I would say my biggest resolution this year there are two cars that I really want to get on the road this year. Um, the Starion has kind of been a, you know, the, I guess, white whale, we'll say that and the Gallant always were. And the Gallant is now sold on. So I think this year will be the year of the Starion and also Naomi's Mustang. Those are the two most important things this year. So I think that if I can, I don't want to sit here and say, I'm going to fix everything this year because I know that's obviously 
kind of a big promise. But I think if I can stick to at least making this Darien run better enough to use it and get Naomi's car to the point where it runs and drives, I'll be in good shape. Yeah, I think the Mustang is a good thing to start with. No question. No question. Sorry about that. Should they stand up from my desk here for a second? Because the dog lost their ball and I could see them chewing through the sheet to get it out. So I just went over and took the ball out from the sheet so that she did not dig a hole in the sheet trying to get the ball from it. Sorry about that. Uh, okay. I thought, you, slight, I thought you ran away slight on little, me. Slight little break in the action there. All right. No, anyway. well, as, as you all know, we got a puppy last year and I put a bed right outside the recording room because nobody else is home right now. So it will keep them fairly quiet. But somehow she got her little rubber ball that she loves caught under the sheet that we have over their bed. And she was chewing through the sheet to try to get the ball out. So I was trying to stop a disaster from happening. So anyway, yeah, so those are my automotive resolutions this year. I'm trying to keep it fairly low. I don't want to you know, over overshoot expectations or undershoot expectations and hit goals that I think are actually possible to hit goals. So other than that, this year is starting off weird. I mentioned it quickly at the end of the last episode. I did get laid off from my job, so that's not fun. So if anybody uh, is hiring in the automotive field, <laughs> the, the vintage automotive field, that would be ideally where I'd like to stay. That said, I'm going to kind of reboot some old plans that I've been doing in the past before all the major life changes happened and start going back to uh, buying and selling and working on restoring some cars as I don't have a job right now. So I have nothing but time to play with cars, right? So I got to split that time between buying and selling some stuff and fixing the cars that I already own. So hopefully these resolutions will be easier to keep because of that. So we'll, we'll see what happens. But yeah, unfortunately, I'm starting the year unemployed. So I'm not sure exactly how it's going to go down. But at this moment in time, I'd like to use my time to get the projects done and maybe buy and restore a few cars in between. So be looking at some of the old pages that I used to run. The vintage imports of new England page will be live again, probably with some stuff on there, uh, hopefully soon. And there'll be some, uh, maybe, maybe a name change because they're not in new England anymore, but I'll keep the same moniker and pretend it means something else just to kind of keep it going. That's, that's what you got to do, right? Start 2023 without a job, so I'll make the best of it. Hustle every day, hustle culture. Uh, no, that's not where I'm going with that, but I do uh, I do appreciate the sentiment there. If you're not doing these five things every day, you're failing. And four out of five of them involve mug root beer, according to most of the memes that I've seen recently. Oh, <laughs> I didn't even know that's what I was referencing. Yeah, have you not seen those ones? No, I just know it's a whole thing. But. Yeah, well, the 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 the, ir- the ironic joke ones about it usually have like if you and your circle aren't discussing mug root beer, uh, that's <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm not I'm not sure why why it's a thing, but it's quite funny. <laughs> if you and your circle aren't discussing moxie, yes, which we are all the time on the Discord. <laughs> that's right. Speaking of speaking of the Discord, not to make this an entirely about the Discord episode, but we actually had a little uh, model car. I don't call it a build off because it wasn't a contest. It was more of a group build to get people building models. And it went uh, pretty well, I think. A few people tried it out and 
at least one or two of them had not built a model car either ever or not in their adult life. So that was neat to see. We had a few I posted on the auto off topic page, some of the ones that were completed. Uh, unfortunately, there were only four that were completed all the way through, but hey, at least people are out there trying to build stuff, right? That's right. So that's some of the uh, riveting activities you can be involved with if you're on the if you're on our Discord page. Build model cars with us. Not with us, but at the same time as us, I guess. So anyway. Yeah. Moving off of business stuff, Andrew, have you done any car work this week? I've done a bunch, actually, because I was off all week. Okay. Well, that's perfect. Maybe we uh, should start with your project car stuff. I think I talked about it where the missing Bilstein, or that was backordered for Stephanie's car, came in. The yep. right-hand front one, because the left and right fronts are different. Uh, Is that so because got, of brake hose location? Yep, brake hose and the sway bar mounts to the strut. Okay. Interesting. So I pulled, I did the front and the rears on Stephanie's car, brand new bump stops, brand new strut bellows, brand new mounts and rubber pieces. Uh, Car rides beautifully now, like much improved. Very good. Because it was, how many miles on the car? Uh, About 50,000. Now, the struts weren't blown, and they weren't leaking. Because a couple of people were like, why did you change them? I'm like, well, the car rode really terribly, like a dump truck, like an unloaded dump truck. Like, it was just so stiff. And I'm like, I don't remember it riding this poorly when we bought it. Yeah, 50,000 miles doesn't seem like a lot, but those people also don't drive on New England roads and know just how horrible they are. Or even just driving in the city nearly every day. Yeah, it's 50,000 miles, but it's the equivalent of 150,000 highway miles. Yeah, so... It, you're, not, you're not going very far, but the car's running for a long time. Yeah, it... Uh, well, the roads are just really rough in the Cambridge, Somerville area, so... But anyway, car rides much, much better. I I was like, oh, this is this is cool. This actually did improve it. I mean, it, I was expecting it to, because everybody talks about the Bilstein. They're B6s. They're the yellow ones. It's kind of cool. You can see a little bit of yellow strut sticking out because the car is up in the air. Just, just race car stuff. Yeah, but, you know, it's like, I don't know. I was like driving this car. I was like, man, this car feels really tired, like annoyingly tired for how few miles are on it. And I was like, we clearly can't buy a new car at the moment because we have some other stuff going on. But at least for, you know, Five or six hundred bucks I spent on all the stuff. It rides much, much better. It's certainly cheaper than a new car. So yeah, <laughs> no, and that's that's always been the theory here: Re- replace the old versus buying new cars. So you probably the, the Bilsteins, I'm sure, are a better quality product than I assume probably a KYB that came in the car. They are, and like a hundred dollars less than the OEM stuff. Yeah, so it's a no brainer. I know we have friends that run those same Bilsteins on rally cars, right? So yeah, that was good. It's yeah, I think it'll be it'll be good for an around town upgrade. But that's cool, and she must be happy with that because that's her car. So that's always yeah. positive. My mom's out back needed rear brakes, so I helped my dad change those, which we were kind of like, hmm, because it's got electric parking brake. I was like, how's this gonna go? And turns out when we looked it up. 
you just um, disconnect the battery and just use a turn back tool and just turn the piston back. That's cool. So it's not like a Volkswagen that requires, you know, the special computer plugged in or anything. It's just a, a mechanical style, like an old car. You could do it if you had the Subaru computer. You could put it into service mode and it would just wind the thing back for you. But but it's not necessary. No, it's not necessary, which is, which is kind of nice. So Yep, that's very nice. It's good when new cars are, I don't want to say uh, technology proof, but they're, they're idiot proof. You can work on it like a normal mechanic and not need to have special tools. Cause I know you probably couldn't do the rear brakes on your Jetta or sorry, your golf wagon without plugging into the ECU. Why? It's got a handbrake. I thought there was still some issue with that there. Car. Maybe, no, maybe, just other, maybe just other. Nope. It's got a manual handbrake. So it's just the Volkswagens that don't have that. I didn't know your car still had a manual handbrake. Yep. I thought it had an electronic one. All right, never mind. You drove it. So your Volkswagen's fine. I, I drove, yeah. I drove the car once or twice like two years ago. I don't remember now. You drove it once or twice like two months ago. I didn't drive it. Did I drive it when you were here? Yes. I rode, I rode in it. <laughs> drove it. Oh, I, did, I did drive it. That's right, too. <laughs> Listen. Yeah. It's not important. You're right. I did drive so, it. So anyway, speaking of old analog uh, Volkswagens, the muffler on my mom's Beetle was like completely rotted off. Talk about California, Arizona car. Sure, but they still get moisture <laughs> inside the exhaust and they rot from the other side. Yeah. So we just wanted to put a, a stock muffler back on it. So my dad ordered one and we uh, we cut the old one off so we could get to the, the flanges because the bolts were really rusted. And then we used, I think I talked about getting this tool, the Bolt Buster induction heater tool. Um, I think, actually, on the flanges from the manifolds, I think we were able to get those off with the impact. But the EGR tube, I didn't want to break the EGR tube. So we heated those up. And, man, when you can, it's like, the tool's pretty expensive. But if you can get it, into the space that you need to work on stuff and you can heat that nut up and it, you get it just so it's almost cherry red. It does break stuff free without using like any penetrant or having to cut stuff apart. It's pretty cool. So is that hotter than like a map gas flame or just safer? Okay. It's as hot and it's safer. You're not just throwing flame. Well, what fun is working on cars if you're not possibly burning it down? So it's really, it's really targeted to just, I mean, the heat transfers to the part around it, but of course. the the bolt, the fastener is like where it's like really hot, which is cool. So it's not cool. It's hot, but anyway, it works really well. Excellent. Um, and, I think they know, make that, uh, a less expensive version of that tool now, probably too. I've heard. I yeah. Is. I don't know. You'd have to look into it. Yeah, but well, the cost the cost of entry is just so high on that. It's not something that most backyard mechanics are probably going to invest in. So if there is a cheaper option that does work, maybe. But obviously, you get what you pay for when it comes to tools. So yeah, and then the uh, you know it lined up fairly well. I had to kind of fill with it to make it work. But the thing that's weird is the exhaust tip is like totally wrong that they tell you to use for it. 
the one that's like out of the car is like a right angle. And the one that they list to fit this is like a straight out one, but also has a flange that doesn't exist on the muffler. It's very strange. It's like a very old part error that just everybody has copied. Just never got changed. Were you able to make it work somehow or it just, just looks different now? No, we we're trying to match the original. The original one is literally just like an inch and a quarter or an inch and a half right angle piece of exhaust pipe. So we either have somebody make it for us or I think I found like a polished stainless universal right angle from like Summit mm-hmm. that we can put in there and then it'll be polished and shiny and not rusty. They used to have that section at Pep Boys, but Pep Boys doesn't sell parts anymore. So, well, we went to the parts store. Pipes. See, the problem is this car is so old. New cars don't use like one inch pipes. Yeah, the Pep Boys used to always have it, though. Yeah, not so. anymore. I don't even know what is in that gigantic store. Uh, nothing. Pep Boys doesn't sell parts anymore. In fact, I didn't even realize that. I think I told this story before. Correct yeah, me did. if I'm wrong. Yeah, they yelled at me for calling for parts. Yeah, it's like, well, how am I supposed to know? Yeah, <laughs> I think I called and asked. Like, yeah, we got it in stock. And I was like, all right, I'll come get it. Like, you bring in the car, I need an appointment. What? No, we don't sell parts. Oh, yeah, then why'd you tell weird. me you had it? <laughs> Very strange. But I recently bought like a one-inch exhaust pipe. I'm surprised you couldn't buy it there. Because I had to replace the pipe that comes out the back of the blue Colt. And I was able to get one. So there's more older cars little, where you are. <laughs> yeah, maybe the tiny little one inch pipe. I'm sure you can buy it online. Like you said, you found it already. So, yeah. So that's good. Then I flash the tune to the Volkswagen, my Volkswagen. I flash okay. the tune on the Beetle. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's fuel injected. So it's fuel injected. There's, there's some kind of tuning you could probably do. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you flash it, but that's, that's, that's even pre EPROM stuff. Yeah, exactly. I, uh, yeah, I did that to my Volkswagen. It does make a, a bit of a difference. Well, how much it's more horsepower not, is it? 80 horsepower? It's like 70 or 80 or something. Yeah, it's a good number. It doesn't, it doesn't feel like that much more. It's weird. You also I, drive faster cars. Yeah, I'm, I'm very used to like very fast cars. Yeah. And I think, you know. When people have these cars and they flash it, they're like, oh, my God, this thing is so fast now. Like, yeah, it's it's quick. It's not like super fast. <laughs> Was it worth it? It's definitely worth it. But yeah. it when, when you drive it now, you're like, oh, this is kind of worth it. But also, it should have just come this way. It's weird that it doesn't come that way because it doesn't seem like it's an aggressive amount of power that would break the car. And it's not like they were trying to keep it under the horsepower of some other car. Unless they're trying to just GTI? keep it below GTI. I think so. Maybe that's the only reason it's that way. Because it probably makes similar power to a new GTI now. Or a newer an- GTI. Another listener, Throttle by Cable, also has an all-track. And his is flashed. And I was talking to him about it. And he said, yeah, it's just now it's now a more usable GTI. Right. So that's a good thing then. Yeah. I mean, I'm not... I don't think I have any desire to spend any more money on it and do like stage two or turbos or downpipes or anything. Well, no, you've made the car pretty much personal to you. Now you put wheels on it. You had the flash on it. You had the intake on it and the yellow lemon X. That's probably it. Right. So it wound up being, that's it's your Volkswagen now. 
well, I like I said, I have faster cars with more modifications. I have no desire to spend any more money on this. Like this, this was just the right amount of spice that need, like the little bit of salt seasoning that it needed. Well, if you remember round about 2019 when you bought the car, the theory was you're not going to put any money into it. So I wasn't. We'll check back in three more years and see what happens next. I mean, yeah, if it gets to a certain point where the original exhaust is rusty, sure, I'll put exhaust on it. Yeah. But yeah, the original tune must have gone bad. So you had to upgrade it. Yeah. I mean, they make there are nice exhausts for it, but also like I don't want the car to be any louder. No, you don't need it to be louder. It's got a nice little intake noise now, which is for you, not for the outside people. And that's all you really need. It makes it more enjoyable for you. It's mostly louder on the outside, but I was early. Yeah, that was my only other. I was like, eh. and the other I'm thing, sure if you did not the NVH. Yeah. And if you did not, uh, like if I just bought the intake, I would have been really mad because that it didn't like, you know, I thought it would add like a little bit of performance. It added zero. There's literally no driving difference. Just like, a little bit of sound on the outside. A tiny bit of sound. Windows down enjoyment. Yeah, but on the highway now, as long as as long as the radios turn down, you know you're in you're into boosts and the higher gears. Like you just dip into it, like pass the car, and it's like does that nice, like you get that little suction noise and then the blow valve, but it's not obnoxious at all. So that's good. Excellent. The yeah, best that's... I I can equate it to because you've driven it is a WRX. Sure. That makes sense. I mean, that's your WRX was pretty much stock and that's what I would probably compare it to then. Right? No, that car was stage two. I mean, as far as intake goes, wasn't it pre-stock? No, I had a cob on there. Oh, I don't know. Which, which WRX are we talking about? The blue one or the black one? I had the same intake on both because I saved oh. the intake. I don't remember now. I had the same downpipe on both actually. <laughs> okay. Well, my newest car, the turbo is exceptionally loud, so it's pretty much all I could hear, actually. Yeah. I need to figure out that that car is is the next, I guess, diagnostic project. I have to figure out why. Sometimes it makes boost and sometimes it doesn't. Or it always makes boost, but sometimes it stops making boost around 3,500 RPM. So, Interesting. Yeah, I'm wondering if there's an issue with the wastegate where sometimes it's sticking. Maybe it's sticking open a little bit and it's only making as much pressure as it can before it rushes past the open intake, open wastegate. It could be sticky. And if it's sticking closed, that's why you're hitting fuel cut. It's overboosting. No, it's definitely not overboosting. I'm not hitting fuel cut. The car has plenty of fuel. It just feels like somebody put a, uh, I don't know, a restrictor on the intake. Because all of a sudden it's like, it just, you know, that like if you collapse a straw, it's that kind of feeling, which is why I think it might be sticky and it sticks closed a little bit. Maybe. I don't know. We'll see. It's for stick six open. I mean, excuse me. Because you can also hear a tremendous amount of air rushing when it happens. The car stops making power and just rushes a bunch of air. So you got to check all the hoses then you could be blowing a hose yep. off. Yeah. It's not enough to pop off, but enough to 
create a boost. Something's leak. expanding or there's a crack in something and under the right situation, it just expands and opens that crack up. Yeah. So, something, something has to be, has to be simple and broken like that. I just haven't had a chance to look at it yet, but that's on the list of uh, projects now that I don't have a day job. So, well, the first project of 2023 for me was I put some new horns on the Montero. Like boss hog horns on top of the hood. Yeah, exactly. Perfect. No, I had um, when I got the truck, the, the horns are missing. Anyway, uh, I don't know why. I think maybe because the alarm was funky. Maybe somebody pulled the horns so they would stop going off. Um, they were totally missing, so I grabbed ones off the parts car talent I had, and they were like me, me, like like barely enough to like pass inspection. But they were probably the same horns that would have come on it. Just worn out. Probably. Yeah. Uh, and then I saw our buddy Judge Mills was throwing Hellas on his um, Zuzu Stylus. Okay. Which is funny because I, 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 he's like, hey, were you in a video doing these Hella horns? I was like, yes. Yeah. Because there's a 1A video of me putting these these same Hella horns in my WRX. So he had found that independently of me telling him to look for it. Right showed how to install them and wire them and what yeah so anyway i was inspired by that and i was like oh yeah i can get some hella horns but i don't need like super tones or the twin tones whatever those ones were i just need like regular ones and i know they make them so i like googled it and summit's got them like really cheap now like i guess that these like little disc horns that look stock were like 28 dollars shipped from summit well that's pretty cheap it's really cheap for a hella horn and they you know, sound just, louder than a factory horn? Yeah. They're, it says like 110 decibel. Supertones okay. are like 118 or something crazy. I mean, that's pretty close, though. Yeah. And these are just like a very loud Japanese horn. Just that shrill beep. But The sound you're used to just turned up to 11. Yeah. It turned up to 110. Um, 111. <laughs> It was uh, it was easy. I mean, twenty minutes had them in. Yeah, because you don't even need to rewire them. You just use the factory wiring, right? Yeah, you cut the ends off, put spade connectors, but you yeah, pull the grill out, put the grill back in. It's easy because they're literally right behind the. They're actually they're right in front of the hood latch. They're not behind the bumper or anything, so super easy. Super easy. Excellent. So that's all the stuff I've done. I need to uh, ashamedly say I haven't done much. Uh, I had a couple of weeks of work left where I was working pretty busy at work. And we had Christmas and New Year's. And there's, we had a whole big thing here for Christmas Eve. So there was a lot going on there. Um, I did buy all new car covers again because they were just destroyed by the sun again. So I had to put all new car covers on everything, which is an expenditure that I don't love but I can't seem to figure out a good cost solution between the inexpensive car cover and the custom fitted California car covers that cost hundreds of dollars. So I keep buying $30 car covers off Amazon and they last about a year, maybe a little less. So I had to buy them once a year at 30 to 40 bucks a piece times all the cars. It adds up. So I probably should have just bought one multiple hundred dollar car cover per year and, <laughs> 
kind of cut down, but mine mine are like the sixty dollar ones off Amazon and eBay. Sure, but you don't live in the sun. They seem to be doing pretty well because you don't live in the sun. Yeah, but we had a lot of sun this summer. It wasn't very rainy. It's different sun. I guess. We are closer to the sun here. They're also silver, not black. So that helps. Yeah, I can't seem to find silver ones. Every time I buy them, they're black. Which doesn't make any know. sense. It doesn't make any sense. But I bought another another round of like six or seven of them. Uh, Naomi wanted all the cars covered for Christmas Eve. Rightfully so. I mean, it does look better with the cars all kind of uniformly covered off of the side. So we did get a bunch of new covers. And I mean, they're decent covers. And I think they'd last pretty long if it wasn't for the sun. They have like a felt lining in them and they strap to the car and they're, they're, they're decent covers. They're just not, I don't know. I have, I've been spoiled by like the Sapporo cover I've had because it's a, and the car's in the garage, but still it has a custom fit California car cover. That's probably close to a decade old now. And it's still brand new, but it's in a garage all the time. But it was also like a $350 car cover. So it's a good thing that lasted this long. They don't even make a pattern for the Colt anyway, if I wanted one. So I have to go universal. But I think next time I try to go for maybe a slightly more expensive universal and see what happens. But I just don't want to spend more money and have it fall apart in the sun in eight or nine months again. The only problem I've had is the one on the Montero has torn a little bit. But the other two and the other cars are fine. And they're like semi-waterproof with the felt backing. Yep, the ones I have, they're they're waterproof but breathable, and they have a felt backing. So the cars don't get wet, and if they do get wet, they dry pretty easily. So, I don't know, the only one that really tears fast is the one on the Starion, because the car has so much jagged metal. (laughs) that it usually cuts them up pretty good. So I don't buy a new one for that. Usually whichever is the least destroyed of the remainder of the old covers gets put on the Starion. So, because I know I'm just going to end up tearing through it eventually. But that needs to get put together, like I said, this year anyway. So I'd like to have that as my ratty driver. And I think this is the year for it. We shall see. It's all about spending that money, right? Mm-hmm. But I haven't done any actual car projects. I have done model car stuff, as we discussed in the beginning of the podcast. We had that uh, kind of group build with the Snap-Tite model kits. And, of course, I didn't just use a Snap-Tite that was simple. I went with an old Snap-Tite kit that required work and paint. But you can see the results of that, that Honda city that I built, an old vintage Tamiya kit that's kind of been in my stash for years. Uh, The good thing is, is that it really kind of motivated me to get back into building models again. And one of my conundrums has always been not having a space to build the model cars. So when you have to break down and set up your build area every time you want to build, it really discourages the building, right? So... Naomi was like, well, let's fix that. And I was like, well, we don't really have any space in the house to have a dedicated model building area. She's like, well, then let's make some. And I didn't want to have like the disaster of a model building area just out on display somewhere. So she was like, well, let's find like an antique roll top desk. 
And I said, well, I don't want to spend antique roll-top desk kind of money to have a model car building area. Uh, turns out, antique roll-top desks, not very expensive. So it's a good way to just close the lid, and then nobody can see what's behind there. And it looks like a piece of antique furniture that matches our antique dining room set anyway. There you go. So it actually worked out pretty well. We went on Facebook Marketplace and looked them up, and we found this based on the electric socket that's on the light because it's got a light inside of it and the actual housing itself i'd say this thing's from the 40s or 50s it's like a porcelain plug with a like fabric backing on it oh uh, yeah so yeah it'll probably burn the house down if i use it so i'm not going to use it but it dates yeah, but the thing just, to probably the 40s or 50s is it just there's like an incandescent bulb inside of it yes Oh, you can you can buy a modern plug and just fish it in there, and you can put a new socket with a modern plug in there. I did that for you know the old glass Christmas trees with the colored sure inserts. Yeah, the old porcelain ones. Yeah, uh, the one that my grandmother gave us, the plug was worn out, and I just bought yeah from like the craft store the light socket with the plug, so it has a modern plug and light socket in it. Yeah, no, I already bought the new stuff. Oh, okay. So, yep. Yeah, I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm not going to use the old stuff. I'm not going to plug, you know, this this old bulb that's in there with the gold pull chain on it. It's like a, it barely gives off any light. And it, like I said, it's probably going to burn the house down. So I don't want to burn the house down. <laughs> and I don't want this garbage light while trying to build model cars. So I, I already ordered new socket, new, um, new socket and plug. And I also ordered a LED strip to go inside of it as well. So I can have the standard bulb or the LED strip. So it'll make it nice and bright for actually working on models. And uh, actually on the Discord, again, not to talk about our Discord some more, one of our our friends on there, Steve, is uh, an electrician. And he's like, well, here's exactly the specs you need for LED stuff to make it seem like a natural light. So I went with his recommendations of uh, CRI and Kelvins to get the right light for working on the models. So that should make the thing pretty neat. But we went on Facebook Marketplace and we found this roll top desk. It was like $120. And it's like in super mint condition, like brand new looking 1940s thing. So we're like, all right, after Christmas, we'll go get this thing if it's still available. If not, we'll find the next one. Well, we went to look at it after Christmas and they dropped their price to $60 for this like actual antique piece of furniture that's in absolutely mint condition. <laughs> so we're like 60 bucks. All right, definitely. So we called them and uh, had the rare occasion where a Facebook marketplace seller is like a normal human being. And there was no strange issues at all. We literally had them measure it for us and they did. <laughs> and then I measured the back of the Corolla wagon to see if it would fit and it would. So we went over there, gave them 60 bucks. They actually rolled it out of their house for us on dollies. Like I didn't have to like walk through some stranger's house, like carrying furniture. It was the easiest Facebook marketplace transaction that I think we've ever had. So now I have a nice dedicated area in which to build model cars. And then when done, I can just close the lid and walk away. And there's no need to like completely break down everything. It used to be I built in the living room and I had this like folding card table they had to set up and then take all the model car building stuff out, work on the model car and then break it all down and put it away and go to bed. So 
that being said, I guess I didn't have to because Naomi was like, well, if you're continuously working on it, just leave it out. But I felt bad doing that because I know deep down inside, even though she says it's fine, she probably doesn't want model car stuff strewn all about the living room, right? Yep. So. All right. I got I to gotta interrupt you because li- literally breaking news. Okay. No, this is this is not good. Um, wow. Uh, confirmed on motortrend.com and a couple other places. Uh, Ken Block has been killed in a snowmobile accident. What? Yeah. That's not good. Nope. Wow. Uh, there's no other details. They're just uh, just that he's he passed away in a snowmobile accident. Jesus. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Crazy. Wow. That just. I just felt that one. Yeah. Sorry, but I had to, to mention it. That was it's pretty crazy. No, that's... we're just talking about. Uh, you know the Jim Connor videos this year. Yeah, yeah, the electric we one and the... On the Discord today about his daughter's first car, that Audi Quattro Coupe that she they built for her. Yeah. Oof. Wild. Well, yikes. Yeah, that's okay. a bummer. Um, yeah, I don't know what to even say. Like, I, I feel bad for his family and whatnot. Uh, that's. Yeah, that's that's yeah. I don't. Man, yeah. these guys, I don't know. I guess these guys are always pushing it, and sometimes it catches you. Yeah, that's, it seems to be always during recreational stuff, too, like skiing or snowmobiling yeah. or helicoptering. Yeah, you last um, Colin McRae in a helicopter accident. Yeah. A lot of race car drivers. We talked about that before, and, and helicopter accidents. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what to say. I mean, he, it's he was only what fifty something, fifty five, probably fifty five. Says, ooh, and that must have happened today. Yeah, like I don't know. Word just got out. Like <laughs> it's on Motor Trend. It's on uh, Run Track. Yeah, TMZ. Um, our phones are blown up because all our friends are in the same circles. All the rally car stuff. That is a uh, man. That's a that's a big loss for. Yeah, that's huge. He's a huge ambassador to the whole automotive space. Like, yeah, we we talked about him before many times, obviously because he's so influential now in the modern automotive world. Like, he's not. He kind of came out of nowhere. You know, he started a skate company or a shoe company for skating and used that money to build cars and, and get involved with cars. And now he's, wow. I mean, he's, he's, he's going to be missed huge because that's, I don't even know. Yeah. Okay. Well, thoughts obviously to his family and friends. Yeah. And I mean, we know a lot of people that we're very, I don't want to say that we're not friends with Ken Block, obviously, but we're tangentially close enough to plenty of people who are that, that, that one kind of hits home. Yeah. And I've, you know, met him in passing at events and yeah, for sure. I, I've shaken his hand. That's yeah. All right. Man. Okay. Bummer. So yeah, anyway. I'm sure we'll hear <laughs> a lot about that the next few days. 
Yeah, hopefully it was, well, uh, hopefully it was quick. I mean, it must have been quick if it's there was never a word of it being injured or anything. It just that he was killed. Hmm. All right. Well. Anyway, uh, sorry to bring everybody down on that. Yeah. Well, hey, listen. Rest in peace. Obviously, Ken Block. Thoughts to his family. You know, the, all the race people involved. The whole, all the Hoonigan guys. I mean, that's going to really directly affect a lot of things in the industry. So that's. He was definitely a, uh, a force to be reckoned with as far as, you know, marketing and automotive culture goes. That was definitely a, he brought, he brought a lot. The weird thing is, is that we grew up with this kind of stuff. You know, we were big into the import cars and the rally car scene. And I think that he's almost single-handedly responsible for bringing it to the mainstream that's at in this country. So that's. Well, that's what I like about Hoonigan is that they enjoy all of car culture stuff. Yeah. Yeah. They might not be everybody's taste. They might be a little bit in your face for some people, but overall they're just, it's what I like, which is to enjoy everything. Yeah. Yeah. They, like, they really I might brought... not own every type of automobile genre type car. I don't know how to explain yeah, you that. Can't. You, you can't. No. It's, that's unless you unless you are Ken Block with millions of dollars, you're not going to be able to. to but I like every aspect. Looking at drift cars, I like looking at rally cars. I like looking at classic low, low riders. So, man, and they they bring crazy. all that together, and that's you know he he was him, and Brian Scotto. Uh, Brian Scotto were the driving force behind all that, and I mean, like it or don't like it, that is modern car culture. And did some of the negatives from modern car culture come from that kind of thing? Possibly. But also a lot of the positives did. So anyway, yeah. That's that's about as raw reaction as you're going to get. I'm actually kind of upset right now. That's Yeah. Well, on that note, that's rough. I'm going to call this episode. So Yeah, let's call it an episode <laughs> for sure. Uh, so yeah, rest in peace, Ken Block. Um. Yeah, keep cars analog, everyone, and uh, aim be for safe. the roses. Yeah, be safe. <laughs>